I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation Podcast. What's up, Cuse Nation? Welcome to the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. This is episode 26, I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Give or take a few. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I think it's 26. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're here. We're ready to talk some Q sports, uh, what there is of it. Uh, we're going to yeah. do some Bayheim's Army. Uh, that tournament's still going on, the basketball tournament. Um, but Buddy Bayheim, there's some news about that. All, all signs point to go for uh, future Orangemen, possibly. Um, some, and then you know we'll we'll wrap it up with some some NFL talk maybe. Um, so Joe, what's up, dude? What's going on? Uh, this this the beginning of this podcast is a long time in the making after technical difficulties, but we're good. <laughs> yeah. I think we're good now. Um, so, well, let's start let's start with the Bayheim the Bayheim's Army uh, basketball team. Uh, we've got um, they're in the Final Four. This is like the never-ending tournament, by the way. <laughs> and I think, yeah. in, and I enjoy that. I enjoy it, but it, and it's on ESPN. So uh, the final four, it, it, they almost got wiped out last game. They played like crap up until like the last, you know, f- what was it like fifteen minutes? It was it was twelve? Twelve minutes. Okay. James yeah. Sutherland scored uh, twenty-three points. They got what? They outscored them forty to ten. The the team foe. Um. 72-67 end up being the final there. They got worked the whole game. And, you know, what's really cool about it to me, like, you can't get enough of John Gillen. I mean, I can't. I loved John Gillen uh, last year. C.J. Fair, I loved C.J. Fair. Uh, Rick Jackson, eh. I mean, eh. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Trish was great. Trevor Cooney, I mean, that's, you know, it's good seeing these guys again, it, it, being a Q's fan, and it feels oh, good. Yeah. And, you know, watching him get to play. And my personal favorite, and everybody's like, are you crazy? Can't stand that guy. Eric Devendorf. I love the Dorf. I love that guy. Yeah. I think he's great. You like him? Yeah. Oh, okay. He plays with intensity, you know. It oh, just gets under people's time. skins, you know. And, it's just... <laughs> yes. and he has not aged a bit. I mean, what year did he play? You I know to... he's 30. 
He's so. 30? Okay, so we're looking at, we're pushing, you know, 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he's great. You know, they, they, he got in trouble. We, we still don't even know what's true and not true about that whole deal. Uh, no. But that's Just a little bit of, little bit of talking. That's all. Yeah, but that's why he's hated. I love yeah. Eric Devendorf. I think he's awesome. He scored like their first 12 or something points. And, and you know it took like ten minutes to get those on the board. Anyway, um, so we're gonna make it. I, I say we, because I mean it's us, right? Um, yeah. We're gonna we made it to the final four. Uh, we're gonna be playing. Uh, who is it here? Uh, overseas, overseas elite. Okay, overseas elite. Um, yeah. Only reason I know that is because they've won the last two years. So. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It's so. So. Um, and a lot, I got to be honest in, although, you know, you know, I know our guys, I, I am really like most of these names. I got to say most of these names don't even ring a bell to me. It's yeah. like, seriously, I have no idea who some of these guys are. Never even heard of some of these guys. So, yeah, well, it's uh, one of the main things or rules, uh, is that you can't be under NBA contract and play so a lot of these guys play overseas and in other countries and stuff like that maybe the d league i mean james sutherland didn't even play the first two games and then he got released from uh i don't know what team charlotte or whoever it was that he was doing the summer league he got released and then he ended up joining the team that's why he was allowed to so it's just something fun during the summer when sports is kind of slow and yeah, I mean, if you're not a baseball fan, you know. So yeah, well, ba- I mean, like with baseball, like I was just watching. I mean, I can watch the Yankees play, but baseball, dude. Even even that, I had to turn. I just changed the channel. I mean, the truck race was on this afternoon in Pocono, yeah. so I was watching some of that. I was switching back and forth. And baseball's so slow. I mean, yeah, it, it's like watching kids baseball compared to watching kids basketball. Kids basketball is intense, man. It is intense. Yeah, like camping. Just a faster, faster game. Yeah. So. Um, it, it'll be fun. I guess their next game. When is that game? When is that? This doesn't tell me. I'm just looking I at a think, bracket. I think it's um, either I don't know Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. One of the two. I know it's here uh, here shortly. I want to say August first oh, or second. So I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, hold on one second. I might be able to figure this out. So where the heck was that? It's, I got it right here, August first at nine. Oh, okay, there you go. So Tuesday, nine o'clock on ESPN. Okay, all right. There we go. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, yes. Anyway, um, moving on. I guess, um, buddy, old buddy B, old BB, buddy B. <laughs> it looks like uh, uh, it, it looks like it looks like he's gonna play for SU, man. Yeah, I mean, after this, uh, you sent me this article from ESPN, nonetheless. Um, you know, talking about uh, how he performed recently in a tournament. What tournament was that? The uh, um, it's a Peach Jam. Yeah, the Peach Jam. And you know, he's looking sharp. And I mean, his father coaches a Division One basketball team, and <laughs> yeah. he could use some players. Uh, now we'll, we'll be out of sanctions. This will be 2018, so we'll be out of sanctions by then. But I mean, tell me what you think. I mean, first, do you want it? Is it going to be too too dramatic? People are going to overly criticize um, coach for play, from everything from playing time to uh, if he gets on his case enough, or you know what I'm um, you know what I'm saying? The sideline yeah. action, the playing time. 
everything. Preparedness, everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be under a microscope, and it's going to add a lot of pressure, probably more pressure on Buddy, because Jim doesn't... I, mean, I don't know if Jim really feels much pressure. I mean, maybe sometimes late in a game you can see it, but he's pretty pretty emotionless, like, for the most part, unless he's getting pissed. Um, so... Right. What do you think? Which is why I think. Well, I think that he's going to be exactly the way he is with every other player. That I do. I, mean, the, I believe so too. The fact, the fact that he's his son. I mean, I've I've read articles saying you know they're best friends and they do a lot of stuff together and this, this and that. But at the end of the day, his son knows how his father coaches, and I'm sure that they're going to have that talk before he actually you know actually comes out and commits. Um, well, what do you think the chances my, are? Everything I understand. What's that? What do you think the chances are? I mean, does this look as definite to you as it does as I'm making it seem? Yeah. You think so? Uh, well, first off, I don't think that there's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. There's only, the the player he hasn't announced yet. The coaches really can't talk too much about it, but it is his son. So there's like a fine line, and I think uh, with these articles coming out about it, I think it's just a foregone conclusion. So especially once I mean after Peach Jam, he, I mean before that his best offer I think was UMass, and then Gonzaga offered him right after uh, Peach Jam. So. And I'm sure, to be perfectly honest with you, that he'd probably have more coaches on the radar, teams on the radar, but they probably just assume he's going to go there, so they're probably not even going to waste their time, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good, so. that's a good point. 6'5", we talked about the Peach Jam. 6'5", his dad thinks he's still growing. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> he's, only, yeah. he's only 17, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got one more year of high school, so I mean, yeah. he can definitely grow a couple more inches and that would probably be what you want because from the articles that I've read, some of the th- things that teams worry about are, is his athleticism as far as playing a two guard. If he ends up growing two more inches, three more inches, you know, you're talking about a wing player that can shoot threes, you know, and then you're talking about the side to side top of the zone isn't really as 
you know, he won't have to worry about that. So, I mean, right now, if he wants to play, if he doesn't grow, he's probably going to be a two guard. If he gets a couple more inches, he could play the wing and, and he, he can definitely he can definitely shoot. That's for sure. Yeah, so. he he oh BB, he can shoot your eye out. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Average twelve point seven points, and he did shoot fifty two percent from behind the arc in the Peach Jam. Um, the, yep. The summer event. So, yeah, he can shoot it. He can shoot it, yeah. and I mean, how awesome would that be? As if to 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 coach to the team, the players, the city. And all the other fans to have something miraculous happen with Coach Beheim and his son playing under him, because by then the sanctions will be lifted. Do they use a Do they use a scholarship on him? I don't see why they would. Uh, seeing that his dad, I mean, they, they shouldn't have to use a scholarship. No, you right? in this case you don't. I mean, there's been other cases. I mean, the most recent case was. Uh, well, Bryce Alford in uh, UCLA, his father, um, Steve Alford's the coach. And uh, I think there was actually one of the years he was on scholarship, another year he wasn't. Uh, I think it all depends really on what the uh, recruiting looks like, depth, and if you have a spot for a scholarship. You know, sometimes they right. give a scholarship to that team, to that player if they have an open scholarship, if they didn't recruit all their 13 spots to open up another spot for a walk-on to join the team or something like that. But as long as we use up all our scholarships and he doesn't get any financial aid from the school, then uh, he can just be deemed a walk-on and still be on the team and, and, and have the chance to play and give our team even more depth. So oh, And it, it'll free up a scholarship. The sanctions will be gone. We can start from, from a fresh slate all over again with that. And – if this kid goes anywhere, he's playing on a scholarship unless he comes to SU. He just is going to be, like you said, a walk-on. He's just going to, he's going to get to play. Yeah. Um, what was it? Well, and, he, and he's just blowing up, on, he's blowing up on the scene now because of the AAU circuit this summer. Uh, last year he was, I believe, the CNY Player of the Year from Jamesville to Whip. But he's going to uh, Brewster Academy um, where Torian Thompson came from for his senior year this year. And he's going to be playing a lot higher level. Um, nationally ranked high school teams uh so i mean he's only going to get higher higher up as far as um you know his number i'm, I'm sure he's going to end up sneaking in the top 100 you know players and in, in the recruiting class and he's going to even have more schools coming after him but um again i think it's just a foregone conclusion that he's that he's syracuse bound so yeah that's exciting what he got one he got a scholarship offer from uh um gonzaga yeah, and, after you know, the uh, Peach Jam. Yeah. yeah, what was the other one? There was another one, I thought, before Gonzaga. No. Uh, UMass. Oh, there you go. So UMass, so, yeah. yeah. He's, he, I mean, it'd be exciting. It'll be exciting. I, I think <laughs> as far as basketball goes, it, if, after last year's debacle and missing the tournament and all that, we can only go up from there, in my opinion. I mean, last year was really frustrating. Yeah, and in like we talked about last year at nauseum about the band aids and getting the, exactly. the couple senior guys and the right. people leaving early lately and um, I think after this year with with the recruits we've been getting and and with losing or get, regaining our scholarship back um, from sanctions and stuff and and if we can even get even more depth by Buddy coming on as a walk on I mean you're starting from the ground up with depth allowing kids to grow again and. You know, yeah, trying to get a little bit more stability, bench stability, yeah. roster stability in the uh, the program. 
You're playing at least seven, at least. You're, you're, you're playing eight guys all day with after sanctions and him not using a scholarship. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, and, well, and even even Roy Williams came up to uh, Bayheim at the end of the tournament and um and told him, he said, your son's good enough, you should take him. So hearing that from someone like Roy Williams, you know, I, I have to believe that that uh, Bayheim's son is as good as they're they're talking about so i'd be glad to take especially if it doesn't take up a scholarship spot so definitely uh i can't wait to 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 hear a final decision uh speaking of roy williams it looks like according to syracuse.com that um the academic issues that uh unc's been facing over the past couple years as far as their classes that they offered athletes and not really to other students uh, <laughs> you call it you could say that or you could just say the fake classes they set up uh, yeah they say that now all of a sudden this these these issues are in the wheelhouse of the NCAA um who like to revise history we call them the revisionist histor- historians on this show yep. and they you know they their last victim another ACC team um uh Louisville and they had a bunch of i guess uh, 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 you know allegedly were hiring <laughs> prostitutes and whatnot for recruits and uh, you know players like so you know now you've you've got this uh what do we what else do we know about this there's so much here too uh, well it's there it it's, was uncovered you live in Raleigh right yeah yep okay so from the Raleigh Observer uh, Dan Kane, basically his constant reporting on this has brought it back up to the surface um, and, and eventually forced the NCAA to, you know, make a statement and deem this within, you know, quote unquote, the wheelhouse uh, for an investigation. So I guess yeah. t- 10 years from now, we'll find out uh, what they decide to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? All I know is that just because you don't hear about it for a couple of years doesn't mean that they're forgetting about it. I know that it first started, a couple former players came out and basically they didn't make it in, you know, professionally and really didn't have anything to fall back on because of you know the lack of skills or education that they had gotten in college that they were so un, you know, um, promised. So... You know, I'm sure when they were coming out of high school and going to college, they probably thought they were going to be professional basketball players and didn't care that they were taking easy classes to stay eligible. But uh, now that they're not making money playing basketball, now they wish they had an education. So that's how it first came out. And yeah. they reported some things. Um, but I think it kind of was starting to get swept under the rug because they kind of based it as academic issue. Um, but like you said, because the reporting and stuff like that, it's actually come out that these weren't classes that were on the class list. It wasn't a class that a normal student could go online and, and see right. is available. And that's where it comes into um, it, you know, it, being benefits for the student because majority of those people taking those classes were athletes. Right, exactly. And it said uh, part, of, part of the UNC's argument is that 83% of schools in the country – have at least one of these um, classes, and what they call it is clustering. Okay, so they they come up with all these, you know, 
catchy phrases to beat around, you know, what it actually is, a clustering. Well, you got to cluster our athletes. So that's one of their arguments. And also that, you know, the NCAA, they, they say they can't, they can't investigate necessarily the, the, the grades and the um, curriculum in the class, whether they deem it, you know, right. for college material or not. But what they can what they're going on is that it was clustering, that it was athletes, and like you just said, that it wasn't offered to other students. But everybody coming, the the grades coming out of this class, or these classes, whatever the case may be, were A's and B's and nothing less. Oh, yeah. And even when this first came out before, um, I mean, they had examples of papers, um, reportings that you didn't even actually have to go, like um, attendance had zero effect on your grade. I mean, I remember reading there was an I think it was a final paper and I know that they it got big news because they were making it seem like, oh, the paper got an A minus. But um, it was a final paper and it was a hundred and forty six word paragraph, essentially, about Rosa Parks. And it got it. Well, it didn't get an A minus, but the student in that class that turned in that paper for that final got an A minus in that class. So they had so many different um things as far as examples of writings and, and work and stuff like that to where it just proved i mean some of this stuff was you're talking junior high level stuff yeah and yeah that's and, it's, and attendance wasn't wasn't something that was against the grade and you know you have majority of the kids are athletes and they're getting a's and b's so i mean you can try to cover that up all you want but yeah it's pretty fishy to me well it's fishy to me too and it being another acc team is also fishy but um, anything else, anything left on that? I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, that's it because, I mean, they got Just their hearing, their appeal hearing coming out. Um, what is it? It's August 16th and 17th. They got uh, the football coach there, uh, Fedora, Roy Williams, and um, another uh, school representative is, gonna, is going there. And, and uh, we had our, our shot at the, uh, you know, the appeal hearings and the hearings like that too. So it's only a matter of time, but um, – I don't know. This doesn't seem seem so good because it is pretty pretty big as far as benefits wise. So yeah. Uh, well, sticking in the NCAA parameters before we hit up on some NFL stuff real quick. The um, defensive tackle Stephen Clark uh, is medically disqualified uh, due to a genetic disorder uh, that he, he makes him prone to blood clots. So <laughs> yeah. In his in his legs, right, which is terrible. That's what happened to your boy Vickers. He can't, yeah, he can't even race now. So well, blood clots. Yeah, blood clots are terrible no matter what. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, playing sports with blood in the, in the legs—that's a big deal, man. Well, yeah. So oh yeah. So it, it is said that you know, though he's prone, uh, he was fitted for some knee braces. And that it's possible that that may have caused it. And, of course, that was a, a Syracuse physician, uh, the university yeah. physician that that um, that fitted him for the knee braces and had him wear them. So now there's a big issue with that. He's transferring and all this other stuff, and he still might not be eligible. So, I mean, what do you what else we got on that? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, from what I know, they're just basically waiting for the NCAA. I mean, he had, he had different. Um, he went to a couple of different doctors 
to get a couple different, um, you know, opinions. And apparently, I mean, basically, I think what it comes down to is that I think that he is OK to play football and he's cleared to play football. Um, but I think that because of the fact that this happened at Syracuse and everything like that, I think that's really the only reason why um, our doctors didn't clear them. You know, it's just it happened here. They know that it's a genetic disorder and it would I don't know. It's something I think that they're doing to just cover their butts. But I I, I really can't. I mean, it stinks. It's it's because if he can play, he would help because that's like one of our weakest spots. Right. Um, you know, so he's he definitely would have been a help. He loved the school, even though he was from Alabama. Um, so. He wanted to stay there, and and he did end up transferring to Western, or I think he's going to transfer to West Virginia. At least that's the claims, as long as the NCAA clears him. And uh, that is actually the head coach over at Western Michigan was uh, Tim Lester, who was the offensive coordinator under Scott Schaefer. So at least it's uh, somebody he knows, somebody that knows Stephen, and is going to give him a give him a shot. So um, at least he has a chance to further his career. So, but it's just as far as Syracuse goes, it's just not. The last couple of years, it's been pretty evident that our biggest weak spots are our offensive line and our defensive line. And just yeah. the past, you know, couple of weeks or whatever, I mean, Stephen Clark disqualified. Um, we have a defensive end that was transferring from a junior college. Josh Allen, I think his name was, he got medically disqualified for like some type of cardiac um, condition. And just today, actually, probably three or four hours ago, Syracuse.com reported that uh, – Aaron Roberts, our best uh, returning offensive lineman, is out for the season because he uh, some uh, lower leg injury during summer conditioning. So yeah, it does not look good for the Syracuse football team. There's no, there's not really any optimism, and no, not not in the trenches anyway. So yeah, and you know, being under a microscope because it's Syracuse, you know, they have to be like you were saying, they they got to be extra careful about everything everything and maybe overly precautions on certain things so i guess you know i mean i don't know we'll just have to see so yeah well camp's opening up um we camp's opening up here so games actually in a month, t- right we were just, your first game's the sixth i believe it's something like the sixth i know that um their camp opens up tomorrow so uh i know there's going to be a lot of um articles and stuff like that so i mean looking forward to it starting to get football fever uh you know with all the tra- the you know training camps in the nfl and in college camps starting i mean i've i caught myself watching the canadian football league game last night so oh man start, well, start i'm starting to get the itch man I, i'm starting to get know, the itch i don't get the itch until it gets here and here's why because that means summer's over and i don't i i i'm a i'm a warm weather dude I that's why I don't live in Syracuse anymore. Uh, I I have I like it hot. I like it sunny, and I can't stand when the season switches to fall. And football is what what makes me feel better. But I don't want to know nothing about no football until I need to. That's just how I feel about it. Um, well, I I mean I can't. I was in Syracuse last two two weeks ago or something like that. Uh, I was there for a wedding and I was there for a week. And it was it was for two days it was beautiful, but oh my gosh, every five minutes a thunderstorm rolling through. It was like, 
you know, it'll be sunny. It's weird. It's almost like Florida. If you ever been down to Florida when the storms roll through every once in a while, except for it's not, you know, warm. It's, it's kind of chill. <laughs> so, well, we can we can agree to disagree there because as long as football season's going on, I can deal with any weather. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess we can agree to disagree. Um, being and, a Raiders uh, fan, and I'm, that first. That first football game is uh, September first, so okay, I think it's a first. Friday night. Friday night at seven o'clock, so it'll be a That's month be from awesome. next Tuesday. That's going to be so. awesome. And if it's on a Friday night at ten o'clock, if seven, if you, it's, oh, at seven. Okay, well, we could, yeah. we might even do a podcast that night to kick it off. We could, if you're home just drinking beer. I mean, it's probably going to be the case. I'm gonna, I'll be down for that, and we could do a, you know, maybe a drunk cast or something on the football. It'd be fun. <laughs> so, um, all right, the NFL. Now, I, I, the only reason I'm bringing up the NFL right now is because I saw this, I saw this um, new poll from JD Power, and they, you know, as the the ratings last year were kind of slipping, and people were wondering, well, what is it? Is it is it because of a lot of the night games? Is it Thursday night football bringing everything down? You know, I don't understand why they would think that putting extra games on TV would would would, would bring their ratings down. It makes you know, I I like Monday, I like Sunday, Monday, Thursday, you know, and towards the end of the year when you have the Saturday games too. So right. the more football on TV, the better, in my opinion. Uh, but there was big controversy, obviously, with Colin Kaepernick, who still hasn't found a job. And he hasn't found a job be- because, because he sucks. I mean, it's not because, uh, of course, this is my opinion. It's not because of no. his, his protesting all that stuff. Maybe a little bit of the media attention. A lot of teams don't like that. You know, Tim Tebow, right. Tim Tebow didn't doesn't play in the NFL right now because he's just he's just not that good. He had some shining moments, but you know, he just never really found a spot where he really fit. And the guy works his butt off and he and I love Tim Tebow. I think he's great. So, but you got Colin Kaepernick kneeling. Well, turns out this poll, the number one reasons fans decided not to watch the NFL last year was because of the protests and it wasn't just Ka- Kaepernick's protest. I mean, that spread. So, it spread all over the NFL. It was like a thing. And it used to be, as far as sports go, as far as anything goes in, in this country, when you, you think you could agree on the little things, like standing for the national anthem is something that, that everybody just used to be able to agree on. And now all of a sudden, you know, we, you know, we can't agree on even something as simple as that. And you want to make a spectacle out of yourself. And I'm sorry, it's selfish. For you to take a knee and have the cameras on you the whole time and your whole press conference being about you being on a knee, no one wants that. No one wants no one wants that, especially if you suck at football. He sucked. How many games did he win last year? That's why he doesn't play. No, that's a that team's coming back from a lot of change and craziness anyway, and he's definitely not in his prime, but he also has been a starting Super Bowl quarterback. So yeah. And, you know, it's very polarized. The poll was very polarized by race, unfortunately. You know, but that's just, I guess that's just how it is uh, now these days. It's just unfortunate, man. We used to just be able to yeah. agree on certain things, and, and it, it's really kind of sad. 63% of white Americans dislike the protest. Uh, the plurality of Hispanics, 45 to 36. Uh, but 74% of black Americans liked the protests, but overall, 54% of Americans opposed it, while just 38% approved it. So, uh, right. that's the that's 
that's well I'll, I'll tell you what i mean as far as i'm concerned i mean if you're gonna watch football if you like football then you're not even gonna bat an eye i mean i love football and i obviously i heard the stories last but last year but i mean i i for the most part ignored them so i mean the way i look at it is is the nfl can't control what somebody does when they have a platform like that but at the end of the day um the leagues can you know, right. just the like just like the can. whole, you know, the whole, you know, marijuana thing with legalization and this isn't that everyone wants it to be legal or people say, oh, yeah, it's going to get legal and then no more drug tests for jobs. Well, that company can still drug test you because it's a it's on their right. You know, exactly. so just like exactly. the Yankees, they make you shave your facial hair. You have some type of, you know, you have a grooming like there's rules that certain organizations put into place and the bottom line is is an organization can put that rule in place to where you must stand for the national anthem and if you don't then things are going to happen and this is the problem with bringing this kind of stuff like they talk about you know leave your at home stuff you know away from work and stuff like that you're just not supposed to i mean yeah you have a platform but you're also you're taking a risk and that's the way i look at it because in the nfl you know teams really only look at two things can you play and help the team, and how big of a distraction are you going to be? I think that he's good enough to play, but I don't think he's good enough to the point where the team wants to deal with the distraction. Okay, do you, you think know, he's the, good enough to be a starting quarterback? Uh, starting quarterback, maybe for like a team like the Browns or a team that loses a veteran and doesn't have um, the, the person to, to back that person up. But um, again, it comes down to... You know what they want to see. What what's going to be the news? What they want. You know to what I mean? Are, are we going to talk about football, or is are we going to? Is the team going to get mostly? And that's one of the biggest things. San Francisco wasn't a good team. If San Francisco was a playoff team and their backup quarterback was kneeling, you know, if there was something to talk about with that team other than just their backup quarterback kneeling during the national anthem, then it wouldn't have been that big of a story. But the fact is, is that they sucked, and he was a backup quarterback kneeling for the national anthem. Right, and also. I'm uh, by, uh, by the way, I just want to be totally clear here. It's his right to do it. And like you were saying, the NFL. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely his right to do it. Right. He can absolutely do it. But and it's I'm, the, I'm, uh, the owner's rights to not give him a contract to play football. So, yeah, I mean, if the owner, it's, a sli- it's a slippery slope. Well, you're right. Like you mentioned state sovereignty with drug, with drug laws. Well, it, these are subcontractors. The NFL is just like the NCAA. Okay, they just overlook this. It's a sanctioning body, just like NASCAR is to race teams. Those are subcontractors. They th- those teams have their own specific guidelines for em- for employees. It's the right. same. It's the same thing. If a team were to tell him, "Dude, you're going to play on this team. We'd love to have you on this team. We think you're worthy of uh, second string or whatever the case may be, but you're not kneeling. Do you want to play? You know, and then it's and up, that's it's up it would to be him. his decision. Exactly. But teams aren't even doing that because, in my opinion, I don't think – Baltimore was looking at him. Baltimore was looking at him. They picked up some guy I'd never even heard of. He looks like he's 14. No, from what I understand, they're still looking at him. Right, um, okay. But at the end of the day, it's only going to be a backup. I mean, right now, the reason about Baltimore, uh, Joe Flacco had a little injury with weightlifting, but they deemed it uh, muscular, not skeletal. So he's going to be fine for the opening season. He might not play preseason, but he's the starter going into opening day. And they're basically, for the most part, just signing an arm that can throw to receivers and actually call plays and for, you know, off-season training, camp, um, and preseason games, stuff like that. So even if you were to get signed, it would be for backup role. And at this point, I mean, that's all it would be is a backup role. Exactly. And I think every single person or owner 
or team or GM is looking at it like, do we want that much news, that much drama behind a backup quarterback? Because I bet you right now a majority of people don't even know three-quarters of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. But whatever team he gets signed with, you're going to hear about it. So, oh, yeah, it'll be I a mean, big deal. So. That's what it comes down to. So. Um, all right. Well, uh, to wrap things up, I forgot to mention this um, in the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the uh, description right up front so it's able to be seen. Uh, it's coming to football season, and um, we're just about over trying to to fill time, and we're going to start pumping out more episodes here shortly, uh, starting next month. So if you want to give a call, you want to get on the show, call uh, toll-free 1-804-977-1557. You'll hear this. We're sorry. This person is not available right now. Please leave a message after the beep. And you leave your message, uh, whatever you want to say. Uh, if you want to take shots at me and Joe, if you, want to, if you have a question for Joe or I, or if you want to just give your thoughts on a game, uh, please feel free. Give us a call. The number again is 1-804-977-1557. That's it for me. Joe, you have anything yeah. to close off on? Well, just um, I'm hoping that with these these uh, episodes coming up, you know, there's going to be a little bit more recruiting news and some stuff. Hopefully not any bad news as far as injuries um, or transfers. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can hit up on some uh, preview of uh, the SU football team, hit up on some of that stuff. So, you know. Call in if you have any questions about football and stuff like that. And hopefully with training camp coming on, we'll have some stories and we'll be able to uh, better inform our uh, our fans, the Syracuse fans, about the uh, upcoming season. So Awesome. All right. Well, Joe, thanks again for Joe. I'm Sean. This has been episode 26. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. And we will see you again next month. You just heard the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.